Hey, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and this is my book review of Adaptogens, Herbs for Strength, Stamina, and Stress Relief. I picked up this title on Kindle after finishing the Rhodiola Revolution, and after finishing the previous book, perusing at least a couple hundred studies on PubMed about the adaptogens along with digesting and deciphering the bad grammar of numerous self-reporters posting on the biohacker forums. There was just a couple of things about adaptogens that this book enlightened me about. Adaptogens are HEPA protective. To quote from the book, Schisandra is the most beneficial adaptogen for the liver. It is HEPA protective and helps regenerate liver cells and increases the presence of hepatic glutathione, an essential liver nutrient. In animal studies, it has been shown to significantly protect against chemical and drug-induced liver damage and promote the healing of existing damage. I think this is particularly important to biohackers like you and me that are throwing weird molecules at our neurobiology on, on pretty much a daily basis. We are making demands of our liver to process things that, that don't show up really in nature, that we are not evolutionarily accustomed to consuming and converting into the, the high-performance fuel that we are looking for out of our biohacking. So for that reason, I think that the adaptogens are really important to maintain the liver. There's a couple things that add an air of mystery to the adaptogens that the book describes. For example, the autonomic nervous system, to quote from the book, it consists of two psychologically and anatomically distinct, mutually antagonistic components, the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. The two subdivisions function in a dynamic balance aiming at homeostasis. So these two systems really kind of do opposites, opposite things for us. One of them is in charge of making us really aggressive and responding to threats. And one of them is responsible for making us relaxed. And they, as it says here, these systems work via quite different mechanisms. They really do very different things than each other. Yet, the adaptogens help on both sides of this and the adaptogens make the overall system more robust so that it can respond better. You'll hear people talk about how uh, a really hardcore workaholic, a person who's working like for decades and decades building a company or whatever, that that person, once they've really accomplished their goal, once they've made it to the top of the mountain, they're not quite able to really relax and, and enjoy themselves because they've set their system into this mode of aggression. And the adaptogens are a way of, again, making that more 
robust and responsive and also making your system more ready to respond to threats if, if you have to. An interesting thing that the book also described was the irreducible mechanism of action of many adaptogenic herbs and plants. So they had kind of an interesting case study where what they did was they identified a individual ginsenoside, an individual little molecular component that appears in the ginseng, and they were pretty sure that this particular component was what was responsible for this effect that was desired, which is, you know, which is a, obviously a beneficial thing if they can isolate the individual ingredient, the individual part that has the, the effect that people are looking for, then they can turn that into a drug, they can, they can do whatever with that. And what they actually found was that when they isolated it, it had zero effect. So in the case of the adaptogens, again, there's, there's some irreducibility of the mechanisms. The benefit that you get out of them is from consuming them in a, a holistic manner, which, is, uh, which leads me to some skepticism when you hear people talking about such and such hot new drug or supplement or whatever, where they're like, you know what we did was we climbed to the top of this mountain that's in this really crazy area of the world, and we found this little plant growing, and then we took it back to our laboratory, and we performed a bunch of experiments, and we extracted this tiny little thing in it, and then out of that emerges the super drug that we have to sell you. So the mechanisms of the adaptogens don't quite fit squarely into the logical cause and effect models we have on bad science. So the book makes the debatable point that a lot of published science is an unreliable source of information about nutraceuticals and drugs. To quote a John Ioannidis, a Dr. John Ioannidis, the great majority of published research is so deeply flawed that it should be considered essentially worthless. Ioannidis singled out the following types of studies as being particularly likely to lead to a worthless result. Studies that have a small sample size, studies that consider a small number of possible effects, studies whose outcomes are poorly or subjectively defined, studies in which financial conflict is a factor, studies in which the researchers are prejudiced by being unduly wedded to a particular outcome, and studies of a topic that is currently hot. For example, Dr. Ron Siegel's theoretical ginseng abuses syndrome continues to be mentioned after being discredited more than 20 years ago. In Spiegel's study, all the subjects had the syndrome had consumed ginseng together with caffeinated beverages and developed symptoms of elevated blood pressure, anxiety, and insomnia. What he described had little to do with ginseng and everything to do with excessive caffeine consumption. And it was actually 
caffeine abuse, not ginseng abuse. So the conclusion that the book reaches is that the usage of adaptogens, plants, herbs, nutraceuticals in medicine traditions like traditional Chinese medicine, traditional Russian medicine, etc. There's there's all kinds of traditions from from all the, all around the world that this along with the anecdotal consensus of what people are saying on the internet is the main place of what people are saying about a nutraceutical or drug should be weighed equally with what the scientific research is saying. And I am right now just starting to gather some resources and expert opinions. I'm going to be putting together a, uh, a methodology for spotting bad science. I'm nowhere near reaching my conclusions of, of what this methodology is going to entail because it is, it is uh, something that's complicated. You know, probably like yourself, I have more faith in science than I have in anything else. So when someone says that there's such a thing as bad science, that's, that, that, that kind of hacks away at the, the foundation of a lot of my belief system about the world. So it's, uh, yeah, it's something that I think we should, as biohackers, be concerned about because uh, scientists, researchers, like anyone else on this planet, are subject to uh, corruption. They're subject to human biases. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's our job as smart consumers to be able to decipher between what's really great science and what may be misleading. So this is something that I'm, this was a section of the book that I read with keen attention. Overall, this book was pretty dry stuff. It was pretty boring and it put me to sleep a couple of nights. So I don't recommend that you uh, read it unless you have some uh, real serious health issues that you need uh, real specific case studies and real in-depth information on. Overall, my recommendation is just that everyone start adding the adaptogens to their daily stacks, specifically rhodiola, eleuthero, and schisandra, and keep an eye on this channel as I will be publishing my really detailed, long-form video blog about all of these individual ingredients in probably the next couple of weeks. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button wherever it appears now. I'm Jonathan, and I look forward, as always, to a continued conversation with you. An application that does rapid serial presentation of words. So it reads you in between 500 to 1,000 words per minute, and it does it